Welcome back, everybody, one and all. Welcome back, everybody. Chip and Eric here, reading through the Bible. On day 314, we're going to be reading Luke chapter 22, John chapter 13. It's a super long reading, Chip. Let's get into it. Let's get right after it. Luke chapter 22, Judas agrees to betray Jesus. The festival of unleavened bread, which was also called Passover, was approaching. The leading priests and teachers of religious law were plotting how to kill Jesus, but they were not, they were afraid of the people's reaction. Instead, Satan entered into Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve disciples, and he went to the leading priests and the captains of the temple guard to discuss the best way to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted, and they promised to give him money. So he agreed and began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus so they could arrest him when the crowds weren't around. The Last Supper. Now the festival of unleavened bread had arrived when the Passover lamb is sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John ahead and said, Go and prepare the Passover meal so we can eat it together. Where do you want us to prepare it? They asked him. He replied, As soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. At the house he enters, say to the owner, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. They went off to the city and found everything just as Jesus had said, and they prepared the Passover meal there. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I've been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. Then he said, Take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. But here at this table, sitting among us, as a friend, is the man who will betray me. For it has been determined that the Son of Man must die. But what sorrow awaits the one who betrays him? The disciples began to ask each other which of them would ever do such a thing. Then they began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. Jesus told them, In this world the kings and great men have lorded over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you it will be different. Uh, those who are the greatest among you shall take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here, for I, I'm among you as one who serves. You have stayed with me in my time of trial, and just as my Father has granted me a kingdom, I now grant you the right to eat and drink at my table in the kingdom, and you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Jesus predicts Peter's denial. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. But I pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you and even die with you. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you uh, even know me. Then Jesus asked them, when I sent you out to preach the good news and you did not have money, a traveler's bag or an extra pair of sandals, did you need anything? No, they replied. But now, he said, take your money and a traveler's bag, and if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one, for the time has come for this prophecy about me to be fulfilled. He was counted among the rebels. Yes, everything written about me by the prophets will come true. Look, Lord, they replied, we have uh, two swords among us. That's enough, he said. 
Jesus prays on the Mount of Olives. Then, accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went, as usual, to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, Pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. At last he stood up again and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping? He asked them, get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Jesus is betrayed and arrested. But even as Jesus said this, a crowd approached, led by Judas, one of the twelve disciples. Judas walked over to Jesus to greet him with a kiss. But Jesus said, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? When the other disciples saw what was about to happen, they exclaimed, Lord, should we fight? We brought the swords. And one of them struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his right ear. But Jesus said, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus spoke to the leading priests, the captains of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him. Am I some dangerous revolutionary, he asked, that you come to me with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there every day. But this is your moment, the time when the power of darkness reigns. Peter denies Jesus, so they arrested him and led him to the high priest's home. Peter followed at a distance. The, the guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it, and Peter joined them there. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally, she said, this man was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, you must be one of them. No, man, I am not, Peter retorted. About an hour later, uh, someone else insisted, this must be one of them because he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Uh, suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard, weeping bitterly. The guards in charge of Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and said, Prophesy to us, who hit you that time? And they hurled all sorts of terrible insults at him. Jesus uh, before the council. At daybreak, all the elders of the people assembled, including the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. Jesus was led before this high council, and they said, Tell us, are you the Messiah? But he replied, If I tell you, you won't believe me. And if I ask you a question, you won't answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated in the place of power at God's right hand. They all shouted, So are you claiming to be the Son of God? And he replied, You say that I am. Why do we need any other witnesses, they said. We ourselves heard him say it. We're going to move forward here to John chapter 13. Jesus washes his disciples' feet. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything that had come up from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never wash my feet. Never, ever. <laughs> I love that. You will never, yeah. ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. 
Simon Peter exclaimed, Then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, A person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, Not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Jesus predicts his betrayal. I'm not saying these things to all of you. I am not saying these things to all of you. I know the ones I have chosen, but this fulfills the scripture that says, the one who eats my food has turned against me. I tell you this beforehand so that when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah. I tell you the truth. Anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me, and anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. Now Jesus was deeply troubled, and he exclaimed, I tell you the truth. One of you will betray me. The disciples looked at each other, wondering whom he could mean. The disciples, the disciple Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table. Simon Peter mentioned, motioned to him to ask, who's he talking about? So that disciple leaned over to Jesus and asked, Lord, who is it? Jesus responded, it is the one to whom I give the bread I dip in the bowl. And when he had dipped it, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. When Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus told him, hurry and do whatever you're going to do. None of the brothers at the table knew what Jesus meant. Since Judas was the treasurer, some thought Jesus was telling him to go pay for the food to give some money to the poor. So Judas left at once, going out into the night. Jesus predicts Peter's denial. As soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, The time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory, and God will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the Son, he will give his own glory to the Son, and he will do so at once. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer, and as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why can't I come now, Lord, he asked. I'm ready to die for you. Jesus answered, Die for me. I tell you the truth, Peter. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. Hmm. All right. Okay. Answering two questions. So what? And what's this telling us about God? Yeah. So we're going to look at the so what. I think what struck me um, was the fact that, you know, uh, Peter, you know, denied Jesus. Um, and he, but after that happened, he like he remembered what Jesus said, and he left the courtyard weeping mm-hmm. bitterly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, later on, when you you know, we're gonna read the story later on down the road, like God would use Peter, mm-hmm. you know, I believe to preach the first sermon at the first church, like to to really get things going, mm-hmm. to 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 share the gospel with, so we even have it today and. That's amazing, and I can't help but think that that Peter really understanding his sin and then getting to the point where, you know, basically he had to confess it, admit it, turn from it, and get right with Jesus. And because of that, Jesus forgave him and welcomed him back and really used him to do amazing things. And 
And that, that to me is really cool. And, you know, I, I can't help but think that that motivated Peter to do what he did, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think the lesson for all of us is remember, like, how much we've been forgiven for the sins that we have done, are doing, and will ever do. And, and don't lose that, the intensity of weeping bitterly before the Lord for your sin. You know, like ask the Lord, show me my faults, you know, show me the errors of my way, you know, shine the light of, of, of Jesus and, and God, the Holy Spirit to the deepest, darkest part of who I am so I can see it, so I can and confess it and turn from it. And then it should break us and, and not only break us, but then bring us to a point where we realize that it's been paid for, dealt with by the grace of God, the mercy of God. Mm-hmm. And may that motivate us and move us to do great things for God. So the people today in, in Scripture, like Peter and even today, you know, um, are able to do great things for God with a, with, with a heart that's right and pure because they understand it and get it, what they've been cleansed from and forgiven from, and they've turned from their sins, and they've wept bitterly over it, and they were able to do something great with it. And so I think that's the takeaway today, and, and may that uh, bless all of us as we think about those things. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, we're going to see how Jesus responds to Peter after the resurrection, and just that kind of reconciliation that takes place is really beautiful. And then, like you said, Peter does this great thing helping start off the church peter opens the gospel to the gentiles um peter will be crucified for jesus later so he says i'm ready to die for you and jesus is like no you are not but later in his life peter really is ready to die for jesus so there's just such such tremendous growth that happens there it's pretty cool Mm -hmm. okay so what's this telling us about god well i just can't help but hone in on jesus washing the disciples feet um it's one thing to say that the greatest among you will be a servant it's one thing to say that, you know, and I think many, many believers are okay saying that. Yeah. What Jesus is showing is it's yeah. true. It's true. And it's real. And you have to live that way. Mm-hmm. And so much so that he uses it as a way to catapult this new commandment that he gives, love each other the way that I've loved you. Hmm. So again, we want to talk about God's expectations. God, I mean, Christ is giving a commandment here yeah. that he expects his followers, in yeah. fact, it is the the measurement of if you follow Christ, do you mm-hmm. love each other the way that he loves us? And I think, again, I said just a few days ago about how the church really struggles with uh, loving the least of these. I think the church also struggles with loving one another, right? Like as soon as we wrong each other, it's time to cut each other off mm-hmm. and be done and backbiting and, and gossiping and slander and um, at at best, and then just outright division and all those things at worst. And I just think, man, Christ set such a better example than that. Yeah. You know, and I'd love that he uses the I am phrase here, the Yahweh phrase Hmm. that, um, you know, he first uses in that burning bush to Moses, who would become one of the greatest servants, right? The greatest leaders. And so he's commissioning them by the same word, um, I am. And so he's showing them, this is what I am. I'm a servant and I'm your Lord. And no servant is uh, greater than the master. And since he's the master, they're meant to live that way as well. So just really interesting to see Jesus practice what he preaches. You know, I mean, not surprising at all, but interesting at least. So. Yeah, you might be thinking, like, how can I serve other people? I think it's just, you know, if you see a need and you can meet it, meet that need. That's what Jesus did. He saw our need of sin. He he, man, he he could meet it, and he did. Yeah. You know, so there's all kinds of needs around us, and we can meet those needs 
of people. Just be sensitive uh, and be alert and, and go after it. And don't be afraid to put their needs above yours, which is exactly what Jesus did. That is true. So, All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. We will see you again tomorrow for day 315, one of my absolute favorite passages of Scripture, the Upper Room Discourse of John 14 okay. through 17. So we'll see you there. Bye. And happy birthday. <laughs>